0: All right, I think I figured out the the things. The things. I figured it all out. Okay. There was a there was a little it was a little touch and go there for a minute, <laughs> uh, but we managed to figure it out. We're up and running. We're up and running. Uh, you know, fifteen minutes later. Right. Uh, I think we have a new president now. Yep. Yep, um, yep. She's great. She I think is, President she is Trump's going to be great. I'm waiting for the taco trucks yes. to, to appear. <laughs> I, you know what? What's oh, Dave posted that graphic of like a bunch of taco trucks going like to the United States. Yes. I'm like, what would be so bad about that? Right? Is that really a bad thing? No. No, no. I don't think so. No. No. So, hello, untitled friends. Welcome to the project. Uh, this is, I don't know, episode 14. And I'm sitting here with uh, my... I See, I always space out of this part and when I think of like adjectives (laughs) to describe friends like my uh, bearded and male friend
1: right (laughs) okay because those are those are
0: things yes those are are all things that can apply to those are all things that can apply to you uh this is randy cool everyone hello uh cool cool so what was that like growing up with the last name cool oh my god
1: uh it was for a long time I hated my name it was it was it was pretty bad although when I was younger I was made fun of more by my for my first name, Randy, uh, because Randy okay. Randy Jones was okay. uh, the most favorite, famous uh, Padre player at the time. So I was called Randy Jones a lot. And then once I got into high school, that's when the stuff about the last name started really happening. So mm-hmm. uh, Cool Whip. Cool whip. A
0: lot of Cool Whip. A lot of Cool Whip. Cool uh, Breeze. Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke, yes. Yes. Um, what other cool... What other uh, names can I send... Can I give you a PTSD about your... Right, yeah. ...high school lays? <laughs> um, cool... Um, cool Runnings. Cool that Runnings. Was, yeah,
1: Cool Runnings. That when the movie came out, yep, yeah, Cool Runnings. Randy
0: was, Cool Runnings. That's yes. like that's like a very specific Jeopardy clue. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, like you know, it is a <laughs> it is the star of Rex Riveter as the Jamaican bobsled team. What is Randy Cool Runnings?
1: Runnings exactly?
0: Um, yeah, that would be like you know the writer of the writer and creator of Rex Riveter as an antivirus software. <laughs> it would be like Greg McAfee. Antivirus. Antivirus or yes. something like that. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, here we are, folks. Um, what did they call me in high school? Uh, hey, you. No. Oh, really? They, yeah. No, they, um, I think it was more in, like, middle school or elementary school. They called me, um, um, I got a lot of Joe Fish. Joe Fish, okay. I don't know, I, like, I don't particularly like fish. Right. I mean, it's great. I like sushi, but, you know. Hmm um blowfish blowfish and I, I wasn't even like out or anything <laughs> then, so <laughs> right yeah <laughs> it was like uh okay uh, you don't know me uh maybe you do right um and then in middle school i once told i once confided in somebody this is when i learned not to trust everybody this uh-huh. is a really good story uh, i learned not to trust edu- uh, everybody because i once confided into some people that i had like a sexual graphic sexual fantasy about wanting to fuck someone in an elevator and then from that point on everywhere I went these people got out and they were like elevator oh elevator. No. and I was like no. no and it was with a girl at the time so it wasn't as bad but then I was like I don't want to be here anymore right I'm yeah being <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was a lamb also in, yeah <laughs> in middle school. Ah oh, well there we go. That's, that that explains everything. That it explains everything. Like, Why has Rex Riveter not had a Marr, 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 see, Marr. Marr. yeah, I, I don't
1: I don't think Greg really wants to go uh th- that stereotypical with uh with the bad guys. Uh,
0: I, I have to say that like my uh none of in my mind, how I how the other characters were or are mm-hmm. uh, on Rex in my mind and then how they how the the actors are choosing to play them, how they're being directed, the voices are not anywhere near where I have it in my mind. I think in my mind, I still think like a, a super it's super caricature. right yeah and yeah. everyone's playing it like that's what I love about it. it's like oh I because I, I imagine like I imagine Burke is like really Irish. Right, like, right. Super Irish. I imagine, um. Uh, Salerno, Salerno, as like being like yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah, yeah. It's like,
1: hey, how you doing? You know, hey, doing. About you know, okay. men like... have worn hats since ancient times. So, you know, exactly. Uh, but,
0: but making him, but the way Steve plays it, it's just I, I love it because like that that totally makes sense. Like you look like you sound like a guy who couldn't be made because you're not and you're not Italian. You're not in the family. Like he's definitely have a Henry Hill quality, but he's yes. elevated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's very intelligent. And, and actually, Steve was the second actor to play the part of Anthony. Oh, okay. Uh, we had someone else playing it, and, and uh, unfortunately, he had to drop out. And he, when he played it, it was very much like that. It was like, hey, how you doing? And, he, you know, very Italian, very – he had that accent. And and, um, and it, it worked, and it was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But when he dropped out, it was like, oh, man and we're like okay we'll get Steve. Steve is Steve has always been you know they knew he was going to be involved uh, from the very beginning. We just weren't sure where and they're like Steve will be Anthony. And he came in and he did his own read on it and at first it was like well that's different and then now I can't imagine anyone else playing Anthony. Steve's yep. Steve's take is just spot on perfect. Yeah, I love it.
0: It it just makes my initial, mm. my initial kind of shock on hearing it, um, hearing him hearing it first when we were, at the, we were at the listening party, I was like, "Oh, that's not how I pictured it." But then, as he does it more, it's like, "Oh no, it's it fits. It fits yeah. the character. I can see the character. I can see." him, like, you know, being really buttoned up and put together and just kind of not being about violence, but, like, right. you know, everyone else is violent. He's still
1: wearing spats.
0: Still wearing spats. When he,
1: when he, long after they were out of style, but exactly. he still wears Exactly. He's, somebody.
0: like, you know, has, like, the, the chain on right. the vest. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, for those who don't know what it is, yeah, that I know we're talking we about not give any, any um, introduction. You, you are a part. You're a big part of the Rex Riveter podcast. On our, we're actually recording at the downstairs entertainment yes. studio. The,
1: the, 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 the lavish,
0: the lavish, uh, the, <laughs> the very, uh, uh, the many degrees yes. of of heat. <laughs> um, but you you play uh, you provide the voice and play uh, the ca- the title character of Rex Ritter. That's right. And um, I, later on, we're gonna do like a. Uh, Randy, can I can I hear from Rex? <laughs> right. Yes, we can <laughs> but, do that. But I like will channel Rex. But then if you channel Rex then I have to channel Eugene and then right. it's not going to get No, It's, it's like, not going to go
1: anywhere. Maybe I'll slap you. Uh,
0: maybe uh, you will. I so well first we'll talk about let's let's talk about that now. So we um since we're already on Rex, let's talk about it. Usually yes. I have a thing like, like like Aisha Tyler. Shout out to Aisha. I hope you're listening to oh, my podcast. Oh, God, I, I love know her. she I met her. She's so tall. Like she, you didn't I I always figured that she I, would be tall, but yeah. you know, yeah. I was.
1: Can I actually? Where did where, where did she touch you? She touched I,
0: me. She touched me here.
1: There. Oh. Right there. Oh, I feel it. The, Do you the feel vibrations. it? Yes. Do
0: you feel it? It's just like. It's yeah. uh, the awesomeness of of a large black woman, large yes. by tall, because she's actually very, she's very svelte.
1: Yeah. But yeah. um,
0: I told her, you know, okay, so hold on, Rex is over here. We're, we're talking about Aisha right now. Yes. I told her when I met her, I said, you know, you're, I like that you still do the podcast, even though you're only doing it like once a month or once every six weeks because of how busy you are. But I like that you're doing it and you've, you know, you're one of the reasons that, I do my show, and Ooh. she said, "Oh, what's your podcast about?" And I'm like, "Well, uh, it's it's called the uh, I didn't uh, blah, 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 blah. Right. I was yeah. like, it's called the Untitled Friendship Project, and it's about I just interview my friends." She's like, "Oh my god, that must be so much fun!" Yeah, just keep doing it, and, do, and I'm like, oh my god, "Okay, uh, okay, if you want me to, if you want me to, I'll I do will. it. I'll do it for you." Are you sure? I was at that point that Brian Adams came from the side and was like, "You know, it's true." <laughs> everything i do i do it for you there's no love Um, Sorry, I also, growing up, one of my mom's favorite movies was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh. Where that's the title, like, the romantic suite from
1: it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, little did we know that, you know, Kevin Costner couldn't be bothered to play, have a British accent. No, no. To play Robin Hood, (laughs) but everyone else did.
1: Right, no, yeah, everyone else had the proper accent,
0: Yes. not Kevin. So, back to Rex Riveter, so you, can you, let... I want to do like some inside baseball. So why don't we go back to when, when you found out about the part? Like, tell me about Greg coming to you and being like, "Hey, I got the." Exactly. Greg did exactly right. that. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, hey. Randy. Hey, Randy. <laughs> hey, Randy." Well,
1: um, so it started. I was actually uh, two years ago. I was uh, in a, uh, I was participating in the International Fringe Festival here in San Diego, and I was actually in two shows that year which was uh, pretty crazy. I would not recommend doing two shows at the same time. Uh, and one of them was a piece called Ray's Last Case. Okay. Which was about, uh, it was written by uh, Tim West, who is, uh, he works with Signet, and he's a fantastic author as well. And
0: Yeah, very cool guy.
1: Yeah, he's an awesome gentleman. And, uh, a, a, yes, a gentleman. Um, and so the, the piece was basically about Raymond Chandler who i didn't know until i worked on this show um was he lived the last few years of his life here in uh San Diego oh okay in La Jolla okay uh and, and he was a writer or? and yeah Raymond Chandler is uh the the guy who created the character Philip Marlowe he oh, okay. he essentially created the whole genre of of noir fiction and um so Philip Marlowe from the big sleep uh Uh, 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 playback there's many 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 others but anyway so he it's it was kind of a biographical piece about uh Raymond Chandler and his relationship with his wife but uh throughout the show a shadowy figure wearing a fedora and a top hat would appear and uh, at the end of the show um you know, and he's struggling his wife has passed away and he, he wants to write and I think Raymond the way it's presented in the show and from what I understand Raymond Chandler wasn't happy being a crime fiction writer mm, he wanted okay. to be a serious you know literary figure even and so he didn't recognize his success mm-hmm. uh, during his lifetime and uh, so at, at the end of the show you know uh, he, he, he had several attempts at suicide and things like that. So at the end of the show, uh, his creation comes and helps him and, and, and convinces him to write the last Philip Marlowe book, which was called Playback, um, <clears throat> which was set in La Jolla, even though it wasn't uh, called La Jolla in the book. It was called Esmeralda.
0: Okay.
1: And so I was working on that show, And unbeknownst to me, uh, Greg, I guess, had started uh, uh, just a few weeks or months before that, had started writing Rex Riveter, Mm -hmm. uh, which was an idea that had been percolating. As anyone who listened to his episode, it had been an idea that had been going in the back of his mind. And so I guess after he saw me as Philip Marlowe, I I think it was like right after the show, he came up to me and he goes, I'm working on this show. And... He laid it out for me. He said, "Would you do it?" And of course, uh, Greg and Rhiannon—wonderful people—and uh, I was—I think I said yes right then and there. And so that's—that's that's how I became Rex.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, so, so the first—so one of the fun stories about like the first. Case the first two cases is that they were every it was like two weekends or three weekends per people just a revolving door of characters coming in and out. Yes, and you stayed. <laughs> yes,
1: I was here, uh, pretty much eight eight plus hours on a on on the weekends yeah
0: in the heat in the heat cuz it was like it was that time it was like it's august about, september about this time last year yeah august september 2015 yeah. it was balls hotter than it was now yeah um you know it was like i always like to say it's like the devil's nut sack it's just it was sweaty it was it was awful down here it was they would they would i remember dave would turn on the fan yeah and then when we would record he'd turn it off yeah and then as soon as we were done like okay cut and then he turn <laughs> it back on again and i was like thank god someone knows my pain
1: and we had five fans set up in here yeah
0: people would like
1: rean and greg each had a fan that they would go and turn off i had a fan over by me that i would turn off and yeah it was it was insanely hot and of course we had to have all the windows closed and
0: everything else it was it was crazy hot yeah so what what uh, what kind of things so what kind of things did you discover about the character over the over like doing the process, and as as scripts came out and everything, mm. and and that's question one. And then question two would be, what is it? Wh- what have you discovered about it, or like as people who know you that have been listening to it since we're two cases in, which is you know six episodes, right? Yeah. What are some things that people have been <coughs> saying to you that have not that are a little surprising to you? That so the first one is, what are things you discovered about the character?
1: Um, well, the I think I was very lucky in that we had quite a bit of lead time, so I basically got the the first two cases at the same time, and uh, and so I had that lead time. And, and in case two, I think uh, the the poison parakeet, uh, there is a great monologue in there where Rex talks about his uh, what it was like coming home after the war. Uh-huh. And he talks about how, you know, you, how he tried to go back to his, you know, small town USA and try to just pick up where he left off, but he couldn't because, you know, here are all his army buddies that, that he served with, you know, that have come back home as well, those that did. And, you know, they they've all tried to forget about it, you know, forget about what happened during the war and just resume their lives and... Uh, Rex can't. He's, you know. It, it, so, so in that regard, you know, one of the first things I realized is, is Rex. Rex has demons, mm-hmm. and and the the other thing I in, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, working with both Rian and Greg before we even started recording, and you know the the other realization I had is. Uh, Rex doesn't think he's a good guy. Huh. And that's, and I think that's probably one of the things that may surprise people is Rex doesn't think he's, he's a good guy. And you know uh, he, he just doesn't um, You know he's got his own moral code um, and his scale of good to bad. He knows he's not as bad as say Anthony Salerno. Anthony Salerno is, is bad. Uh, but on the opposite end of the scale, the good, mm-hmm. that's Jenny. Mm. As far as Rex is concerned, you know, I, which which explains his nickname for her. Angel. Angel. Yeah. Uh, Jenny is a pure being as far as he's concerned. And, and um, I think, um, you know, so so he doesn't think of himself as being a good guy he knows he's not a bad guy but he's not a good guy Hmm. and I I think that would probably be the one major thing that most people don't don't realize about Rex. got it.
0: So Rex is not so much Walter White as he is Constantine. Yes. Okay. If, yes. To, put in, <gasps> to put it in. To put it in. To put it into context. In popular. Popular. Popular culture. culture
1: terms. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's. he's that more is like,
0: actually that. Seeing knowing that now, or like your read onto it, I, and it'll be it'll be interesting to have um, to go into future episodes, and especially kind of like all of the fun stuff that's coming yes um knowing knowing that specifically yeah and i like i love so part of me, when i in getting involved with this project, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a fun, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be light. It's going to be fun. Right. And then Rex has these awesome monologues about, oh like, my God. just this, that, and the other. And I'm just thinking, like, wow, this is, you know, it's, at the end of the day, you have to be true to the genre, which is noir. And yeah. Noir is, I mean, noir means black. Like, it is yeah. black and it is gritty and it's supposed to be about these things. Um you know, but then you have James Steinberg you know, <laughs> playing <laughs> play, like you know, octong, yeah, you know, this Volkswagen, Volkswagen, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it, it, it definitely it definitely has that like emotional range that I think mm. people are gonna relate to, and um, and I, even Rex.
1: I mean, even Rex himself, despite his darkness, he still has. I mean, he's he still has you know this very wry sense of humor that's that I that I love you know where he just comes out with these one liners that just you know that that are just wonderful you know like I don't like policemen's balls. You know, yeah. just,
0: <laughs> it's just. That cracks up Um, I Just the way you started, it, it's, you know, I, I, I don't like being called a private dick. Right. Um, it's better. I don't. It's better it's been called better than being called a public dick or a dick in public. public. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that's where we're going right away with it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It sets the tone. Yeah. It really does. You kind of know what you're, you know, that, okay, this is. Noir, but a little different. And that's kind of what I love about it, is that it it is an homage to the old, you know, radio plays with, you know, Dick Tracy or, or you know, Johnny Dollar or whatever. And but yet it's got the twentieth century stuff where we we can have the kind of off color comments and jokes and we can have the the, the more adult humor. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So the second question is what in in the two cases because we're recording this the day after the last episode of, of case two yes. was released so w- in the two in, what have people who know you who have been listening have been saying because i know that you have some family that have been listening i
1: i do i have uh my sister in virginia has actually been doing like listening parties that's awesome uh, yeah which has been great she she uploaded a video uh of like their first listening party shit they had and uh and so yes, uh, basically, most of the stuff that I get uh, right up until you know the last episode airs is I get a lot of people speculating mm-hmm. about who did it. As a matter of fact, today uh, one of my coworkers who hadn't heard uh, the final episode of Case of Poison Parakeet was firmly he 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 uh, pleaded a case in which he believed that Eugene did it.
0: Well, Sweet. Eugene did something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I was, I'm listening to it in my car, and I'm just like, God. I was like, could Eugene, does Eugene have a speech impediment? Or is it a list? Like, <laughs> I fuck. you did a fine job I, with I thought it. I did, I thought it did, a good, did he's, a good job. I was like, okay, he's young, he's eager, but like, you know... I it, I have I'm I just started listening to uh, the episode three of Case Two on the way over here, and so it, Jenny's about to describe Jenny's about to go into a description of right. having birds growing up. Right. Yeah. But um, there's a point where you know at the very end of the episode, Rex talks about like you know young love and right. didn't you know eat sparing his feelings, and I'm just like, what do I know about loving a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Well Rex I was doesn't. like Dave what do I know about loving a woman Rex, in that Rex special Rex does way? not
1: special uh, spec, uh, specify that it's it's a woman <laughs> yeah. he he just soaps you find love someday And, and you know what?
0: I, and the whole time <laughs> I'm thinking like I'm like I I was like she left me for Professor Hoffman this bastard like you know it's just it, I, but you know that was actually a good uh, that's a good read on it cuz you know I I completely forgot who did it in the first case and I com- and I completely thought that oh no it couldn't be right. it couldn't be Virginia it couldn't right. be Ms. the Mrs. Madison for any by any means and then all of a sudden it comes up so right, right. you know it, spoiler yeah. alert spoiler alert <laughs> hey you know what it's been out for a few weeks now You're, right yeah if you haven't listened to it by now it's your loss yeah and, that's that's your yeah. loss it's like so. spoiling you know <clears throat> movies that came out 20 years ago exactly Sorry. yeah it was the sled <gasps> <laughs> uh. <laughs> They were on Earth all along. <laughs> <laughs> Soylent Green is people. people. <laughs> Have you seen the ads for that like product? That's like
1: yeah, the nutritional drink. Yeah, Soylent. I yeah. was
0: like, am I being trolled right now? it's right. a I real so, fucking thing.
1: It is. It is a totally real thing, and and I've I've actually briefly played around with the idea of like getting some but you know i, I actually did some reading where they're like ah no yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't it's, it's don't. not people it's not people but it's but not it's not good no, for you no. <laughs> so yeah
0: i mean anything that says like you could you'll be full on this i'm like i'm a lot of person like i don't right? know if yeah. that little bottle is going to fill me yeah. i
1: don't know like, if that's going to work yeah. they're not going to do it
0: you know all i what i want that has soy in it is like some soy sauce some rice Light, that.
1: yeah and then you know knowing me i'd probably like drink one and be like oh i'm not full and then drink five more and then
0: pay for it later yes yeah. and then you know i think it's a gastric yes gi distress yes i think is what marathon runners Ex- call it
1: extreme gastric <laughs> distress yes, yes.
0: That sounds like a band that we should form. It it really does. Gastric distress. Gastric distress. Hello, Norway. We are gastric distress. We will be the
1: only band that has a fully functioning uh, whoopee cushion xylophone.
0: (laughs) Come on. Exactly, and then like their bass is like, and then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um i told randy i said you know if we just riff the whole time i don't mind um so so now so now that we've talked about rex riverderer we've, yes, we've, we've gotten that we've, we've the paid way. the bills yes uh let's talk about let's talk about you so you're from san diego you're a san I am, diego native right?
1: i am a san diego native uh, born in chula vista raised in imperial
0: beach Woo! Woo! Shout out to the South Bay. South Bay. So you went to what, Mar Vista or Castle Park? Actually, no.
1: I went to Chula Vista High School, junior okay. high and high school. I was uh, I was fortunate enough to get into the uh, they had a School of Creative Performing Arts program within the school. Okay. And um, I was fortunate enough to get into that and uh, uh, changed my life. It was it, it's. It really did. I, I don't know how they got my name or chose me to be part of that program. But, but yeah, they sent a letter to my parents. The, they actually sent two because the first one, my parents thought, ah, this is a scam of some sort. and That's my father. It's a scam. <laughs> uh, and uh, he tore it up and threw it in the trash. And then they sent another one, and they called and found out that, it, no, it's just a special program. So, so I went with such luminaries as uh,
0: Charisma Carpenter and Mario Lopez. Chris McCarpenter and Mario Lopez were in your were in the Chula Vista oh Yes my gosh. Yes. A C Slater and oh Cordelia Cordelia. Cordelia, <laughs> Cordelia <laughs> Chase. Cordelia Chase. A C Slater and Cordelia Chase. And um, and I knew them both. They um, you know what? Uh, the thing I love about Mario Lopez is that he's still like he's still like he represents San Diego. Yes, he represents True La Vista. Yes, he um, does. He, he he what the kids call he puts on mm. for his city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is so that what the kids call it? I you know yeah. what? I I I'm I have not been one for a long time, but so, well, I I we'll try to keep we'll I try to keep, keep, you know, up on the vernacular. Yeah. I just found out what a wristicle, wrist icicle is. Um, I look it up. I'm not going to tell you. You're
1: not know, okay.
0: <laughs> it's, right. it's sexual in nature. Oh, okay. Um, a wrist, icicle. a, a wrist icicle. Um, okay. Uh, you right. know what? Maybe I didn't
1: know I was going to have homework.
0: You're going to have to pull out your phone later and open up Urban Dictionary, find out what it is, and then your reaction will record it. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah we'll, so, we'll do that. But um. So the, <laughs> so, the so the God I'm just. <laughs> the, why don't you get out your phone right now? Are you song? gonna?
1: Are you gonna? <laughs> do
0: you want me to? Yeah, okay. I do. All right, uh, hang on. So, because I want the listeners to do it too. Um, it comes from this Ariana Grande song called Side to Side that she just did at the VMAs. And, like, if you listen to the lyrics, and it's a very nice beat, it's got this dance hall beat. But it, the thing about the song is that the song is literally about having sex with a man that is so either... He's either so big or it was so rough that now it affects the way she walks. Oh! She walks from side to side. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so... This is is how it goes. A wrist icicle. wrist
1: icicle. Urban dictionary. I have it open. I have not Uh, read it
0: yet. Okay, read it now. But but don't don't read it out loud. I'm not going to
1: read it out loud. Don't
0: just... I mainly did All that right. so the listeners right. could listen to you laugh. Um, no. And that's no judgment, you know what? No, if no, I, no. It just goes to show how you know the the breadth and depth at which language you know? can communicate, and yeah, there's and there's something for everything,
1: <laughs> you know. And there, and that was a that was a that's a feeling and a term that that we've long needed in society.
0: Uh, the wrist icicle or Yeah,
1: wrist icicle. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: we've we've you know what I think I think it was the Victorian writer Oscar Wilde. <laughs>
1: Go ahead, go go with this. Go, Do come, it. Come, come on, with me on this journey. Come on, I will. I, I think it was Oscar
0: Wilde who was um, who was trying to find a way to describe it for not, um, and yeah, you know, I think then. that was one of the great regrets of are. his life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Brontes were close. Yeah, the Brontes. Oh yeah, they were totally. <laughs> the Brontes were close, and uh, and then later Thomas Beckett, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's not even go into Shakespeare's attempts.
0: No. 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 no, no, You know. uh, So, (laughs) can you just imagine uh, Hamlet and Ophelia, wrist icicles, I don't know. Um, She she wouldn't have had to get to a nunnery.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, she wouldn't. Well... I, I,
0: probably, this was not, not where I thought we were gonna go, but I love. I had, it. I love that I had here. no
1: idea we were going here, and, but we're here now. And we're the here view now. is lovely.
0: So, as um, as a San Diego native, yes. because you, I feel like there's two types of people that live in San Diego. There mm. are the there's like the twenty percent that are like legit San Diego natives that have been here their entire lives, that have raised that are raising families or ha, are like can trace their roots as, like, really back in San Diego. Right. And then you have, like, the other 80% that just move here. Right, uh, the, yeah. The, you know, from Arizona or a lot of people from Ohio, I've Right, found
1: yeah. A yeah. lot of
0: Ohio people make it out here for some reason. But, um, you know, as a, as a San Diego native, like, what do you... I, I don't know. How I've always wanted to know, like, how does that make you feel when you have... Like living in the city, is this is is this still a city, a county that? It, how how much has it changed? Do you still feel, see yourself living here in another ten years? I'm I'm not gonna say five, but maybe like ten years. Or... I I do. Uh, I love San
1: Diego. I I think um, San Diego is a wonderful city to live. Um, it's it's been it, there are so many great people here. There are so many great opportunities and and it's just there's everything here and i couldn't couldn't imagine living anywhere else and i love living near the sea mm-hmm. i never go to the beach yeah well very rarely do I actually go to the beach because crowds. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no crowds. Uh, no, no crowds. Uh, but well, I, I like going to the beach like at night, moonlight. walks yes. along uh, the
0: beach. I love a boat. moonlight walk on the yeah. beach as well. It's in my grinder profile. Oh, okay. Uh, usually nine times out of ten, when I've when I've met a guy, I've usually said, "Hey, why don't we go to the beach at like night?" Yeah. Usually Coronado. I bring a blanket. Um, hilarity ensues, right? Yeah, <laughs> hilarity absolutely ensues. Uh,
1: but yeah, I, I love I love li- living near the beach. I, I remember uh, growing up in Imperial Beach. I, I lived only about three or so miles from from the beach, and I would, you know, in my angst-ridden teens and twenties, you know, I'd I'd like throw on a jacket and go walking to the beach late at night and uh, and and. Just be, woe is me mm-hmm. feelings going through my head and stuff like Were that. Were you listening so. to
0: Bright Eyes on a Walkman? I,
1: I, w- I was listening to Depeche Mode. Okay. You know, <laughs> a lot of Depeche Mode on a Walkman. And... Uh, I, I don't think I've ever pronounced it as a, walk a, walkman. Uh, a it's walkman. A Walkman. A Walkman. It's a Walkman. It's a
0: Walkman. It's a Walkman. It's not a Walkman. It's a Walkman. It's a Walkman. Yeah. Um, it's just like you and like a flock of seagulls, hair guy. Yeah, yeah. And like listening to people, are people, so why should it be your own person? Jesus. Jesus. You like get out of the car. I uh, see. I imagined you going to like going on the beach with a with a Walkman, but like, like. Kevin Bacon from like Footloose, like just trying right. to like, dancing it out.
1: Like, <laughs> I'm glad you envision that. I,
0: I but wish like I could to see separate that. ways by journey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you get out of your car. Here we stand. What's up, yeah. and And then, like you know,
1: yeah,
0: the the full on full yeah. on like yeah. twyla Tharp choreographed it for you. Yeah. Debbie Allen's there with her cane. Higher. You're paying sweat. Paying sweat, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> so... So t- so, catch us up on now. So what do you, what is it that you do now? You said uh, you had a very exciting job. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that was a complete lie. <laughs> uh, no, I I do basically I'm a data analyst. Okay. For a telecommunications company.
0: Um, can I can I say before you before you talk a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Can I just say that anytime someone says analyst or analysis, mm-hmm. I, the way I pronounce it, it's analyst or analysis, yes. And I'm like, but like the fact that it's anal and lysis, it just sounds bad, <gasps> right? Uh, yeah. You, no. So you yeah. know, so I'm a... if you don't know what lysis looks up, look it up. So yeah, don't you don't well don't look it up. But...
1: Look at this. We we have all sorts of homework for
0: the <laughs> listeners. <this laughs> I time. know exactly. And then and then when I start thinking about analysis, I think of Leona Lewis's "Bleeding Love," and then oh well, there you we go. Know, keep bleeding. <laughs> Cut me open. Keep bleeding. Keep bleeding. Uh, So I'm sorry, you're a danal. T- analyst. I'm a data an- You're a
1: data analyst. Analyst, yes. Um, and uh, basically, I work with Excel all day. And um, I've, I've been doing this type of job for about 10, 15 years now, where I, I basically just, uh, uh, very exciting, do formulas and macros and... Macros and formulas. I make Excel sing.
0: <laughs>
1: I make beautiful graphs and charts, and it's all so very fun. Which I, I mean, actually, I do enjoy working with it mm-hmm. with Excel because there is, it, 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 engages your your problem solving skills, your, uh, and there is some level of creativity in it. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it's I actually enjoy it. And I, I had if you came up to me, you know. 15 years ago and told me oh you're going to be working with excel and you're going to be you know an expert in excel and stuff like that i'd be like <laughs> really it's like oh, fuck you <laughs> get away time travel <laughs> uh, but no i i you know i, I just worked uh, i worked with a com- i worked for uh, a company another telecommunications company years ago where i was on the tech support hotline uh and They had an opening for a business analyst. analyst. (laughs) And, uh, and they were trying to fill this position yeah
0: yeah right. fill the position
1: uh,
0: uh, of, of analyst
1: of fill the analyst i feel position. like i've
0: watched that video i feel like i've watched that video it's like i'm here about the analyst position i've come to fill it
1: and then, and then the music starts <laughs> so so yeah and and so she she said you know you have you have all the skills I need. Ah.
0: <laughs> that's what she said.
1: Uh, but no, this the manager of the department. She said you have all the skills I need, except you your your Excel skills need work. But we can teach you that, and and it it she was right. And so they taught me Excel, and
0: and here I am. I'm gonna have to like pick your brain offline about Excel because I I can do I, I can't make it sing. I want to make it sing. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about that later.
1: And yeah, I, I I love teaching people Excel. I've done that with a few coworkers and awesome. stuff like that. So
0: so see, I love this. It's like career advancement and a podcast all in one. All in one, yeah. Um. So I want to talk about I want to talk about something because before when I was trying to figure out uh, when I was trying to get my life in order and figure out. Uh, my the system that to record everything we were talking a little bit about dungeons and dragons yes so um and i want to talk about dungeons and dragons in just a minute but that's a that's a segue into the idea that you're just a, you are like a nerd right i i am is I there am a, a proud... difference between nerd and geek uh, to you?
1: It, it, to me no i i I've never, I never, I kind of consider them very synonymous, you know, mm-hmm. nerd and geek I, I are in, interchangeable for me. Um, my sister uh, thinks differently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I'm a big nerd. She goes, no, you're not a nerd, Randy, you're a geek. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. okay. And uh, so I, I, I don't see a difference, but, you know, some people do. But yeah, I, I've considered myself a nerd, geek, whatever.
0: And and what are the fandoms that you stand for?
1: Oh, uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marvel Comics, in particular, Spider-Man has okay. always been a, a big favorite of mine. Here, I'm gonna.
0: Oh shit! Did you know that? I this? did not know that. Let's, oh shit represent oh dang yeah. that's like that's like some cholo gangster shit right there right yes he just showed he just flashed to me his, his spider man tattoo now let
1: me put my I, pants back on
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you had them I was wondering why you had them off in the first place <laughs> I, you know, it's it is hot in here. Yes, it is. It is. We should change the name of this show to the Pantsless Podcast. Right. Yeah, you See? have to decide whether or not we're wearing pants. Yeah,
1: who is wearing pants and who isn't? Who is it? Uh, and then I could really throw everybody off by wearing my kilt.
0: Oh but yes. Yeah, so so. <laughs> I love when you wear the kilt. Like it's just, it's just so like yes. Men wear kilts, yeah, because men because that's what men do.
1: See, and probably what most people don't know is the the first few times, the first two recording sessions for Rex, I wore a kilt for those.
0: So everybody, when you're thinking about Rex Riveter, think about you know yep. the gentle breeze between Randy's legs it's as
1: I was rocking back and forth and yes. generating a breeze <laughs> in the hot, sweltering, the devil's ball, luxurious
0: side. downstairs entertainment. entertainment. Uh, I, I feel like every time I'm doing downstairs <coughs> entertainment, I'm like gesturing. To grand the,
1: gesture. He's grand doing a gesture. grand gesture to this room.
0: <laughs> to the to to you and the, and the viewers, uh, the listeners, I should say. So yes. so Marvel Comics. So Marvel exciting. Comics. Um, I I actually when I
1: talk about this, I actually say I'm a second generation geek. Okay. Uh, because. Uh, my both my parents were avid science fiction readers, okay. and, as well as consumers. I I didn't grow up on Sesame Street so much as Twilight Zone, okay. which explains a lot, really. Uh, but so, and my mom is very proud of the fact that she was uh, she participated in the letter writing campaign that saved Star Trek from cancellation oh, after wow. the second season, and she's she's very very. Very happy about that fact. Of course, does she have the letter? I don't think she has a copy of the letter anymore. No, but she, you know, and and to this day, it still kind of amazes me that that fandom. In here, we are talking about uh, uh, that was probably about uh, sixty-eight when that happened, and they did this. They organized this movement. Without the benefit of internet, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, they and the you know NBC, ABC, whatever. Uh, NBC was going to cancel Star Trek, and you know this letter-writing campaign saved it from cancellation. And then we got such lovely episodes as Spock's Brain but uh
0: <laughs> no so, I'm, I'm not a trekkie okay star. well I'm a star Wars
1: it's person. it's oh my god <laughs> well so so yeah so star trek is another love of mine i i, I grew up on star trek episodes uh I, I at one point in time i could probably i could give you all sorts of trivia about all the all the episodes uh but so yeah, Star Trek, Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, was kind of a watershed moment in my life. Uh, I, I saw that in the theaters when I was seven years old, many, 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 many times. Uh, I, it was it's it was a magical movie to mm-hmm. me as a seven-year-old
0: kid. Um, were you all about the? Uh, did you were you all about the the prequel movies? Um. <sighs> What are your the, thoughts as a fan? Uh, as a fan,
1: I I, I enjoyed the prequels. I, I enjoyed the prequels, and and I
0: know that this is a controversial opinion. Everybody, right?
1: It is. If you're not a fan, and you're and if you're not a Star Wars fan, sometimes saying that you enjoyed the prequels is tantamount to them wanting you to hand in your geek card. But I enjoyed the prequels,
0: and I enjoyed them too. But but go
1: for it because. Here's the thing is that I, I knew that George wanted to make movies that would help bring a new generation into Star Trek. So he wasn't necessarily making them for, you know, the original fans that were now adults and pretty much very jaded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was making these movies that were more geared towards kids. And um, so I... I I knew that ahead of time, and I I didn't... I I try never to, you know, have high expectations or or get too excited about something. So, you know, I I don't want that feeling of being let down. So I enjoyed the prequels, and I even... uh, One of my favorite characters from them is... uh, I, yeah, I'm going to say it. Mm. I see that look on your face. <laughs> I'm
0: just so curious. Oh, my oh, God. Uh, Misa loved Jar Jar Binks. Uh, Jar Jar Binks single-handedly brought down, single-handedly muy created muy the boy. Empire, but okay. Right, yeah. Um, Jar Jar Binks, Bith- you've heard that fan uh, yes, theory, Jar I, Jar Binks fifth Lord. That
1: fan theory is actually pretty insane, and I, I love it.
0: It's it's hilarious. Uh, uh, so, So I love... I love the the prequels as well because um, because I feel exactly what you know exactly what you said George Lucas was trying to bring it in for a new yeah. a new age and I feel like you know I was coming up around the time that 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 was all happening so I feel like he was making it for us yeah um when um force awakens came out and a lot of people were talking about prequels and sequels and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, I was listening to another podcast where they talked about how the introduction of the midichlorians takes the, uh, takes the idea of the force and star Wars out of that, like fantasy aspect of it right. and plunges it into sci-fi and science and, science, and science fiction. Yeah. Um, I particularly could care less. I mean, I didn't think anything of it at the time. Yeah. But I imagine that... Uh, I know the midichlorians is a very controversial thing. Oh, yeah. I,
1: I think the the, the whole uh, concept of the midichlorians as, uh, is probably even more controversial than Jar Jar Binks or the Ewoks uh, <laughs> in Star Wars <laughs> fandom. Um, but uh, but I, I I kind of feel the same way you do. I, I think it was... I didn't think it was really all that necessary to to try to name the the connection uh, that a, a person has to the force. Um, I, I feel like George had to try to explain why Anakin was of particular interest. Yeah. to to Qui-Gon and so in doing so he 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 just kind of like oh they were midichlorians and you know that was it yeah um it it and it it, it just doesn't ring as true within the Star Wars mythos and, and universe as, I mean, it's it sounds like something that came straight out of, like, Star Trek instead exactly. of Star Wars.
0: It's, it's you know, <clears throat> and the way I kind of justify it is that you have this, okay, this idea that, like, if the Force is in every living thing, then there is some presence of midichlorians. Yeah. And everyone has this ability, blah, blah, blah. I
1: well, I, yeah, and, and I think I, I remember seeing something where they were comparing, uh, you know, it was one of these... Programs it was like the science of Star Wars or something like that, and they were, they were trying to. Uh Talk about the mitochondrians, and they were like, "Yeah, we have those here. They're called mitochondria," and you know, so they were trying to draw an analogy between midichlorians and mitochondria, and, and it was like, "Yeah, it,
0: uh, yeah, just, but the mitochondria is not going to make me you know, right. Like, I, I can't. These yeah, aren't the yeah, droids you're looking, looking for. Right. Yeah, like it's you know, I, I won't. I be waved like, my hand over the mic, guys. Like, this. yeah." <laughs> I still do that. They have to get the full effect. Sometimes I do. Glass. If I'm feeling particularly dramatic, sometimes I'll like I'll walk like furiously to a sliding glass door, and I'll just I, do this. I do that too all the time. I'll even I'll do the like
1: little gesture, like you know, to my side, where, so it's not so
0: exactly. Uh, they're like, yes, the power.
1: Unlimited power <laughs> Power Power, power! Yeah. Uh,
0: could influence the Mythic mm. uh, mm. so so um favorite cinematic representation of Spider-Man thus far?
1: Uh that out of the three.
0: Uh of the
1: well of the three, I'd have to go with the most recent, which was... Uh,
0: Tom Holland.
1: Tom Holland as Peter Parker in Slash Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War. Yes. Um, it comes the closest to matching... Well, first of all, I've always liked the the younger Peter Parker uh, when he was in high school and stuff like that. Because when, when they introduced Spider-Man in 1963 um the, you know most of the time if you had a teenager at that point in time if you had a teenager in a comic book he was typically a sidekick uh and and he was typically just a kind of younger carbon copy of the hero
0: a Dick grayson and yeah, yeah
1: yeah robin dick grayson and then you had speedy who was uh the flash's uh Sidekick, who, who was just basically a kid in a in a in a, you know a Kid Flash, basically. And there was even a Kid Flash as well. So when when you had a teenager in a comic book, it was usually as a sidekick. Spider Man was the first real hero that was essentially a hero that was also a teenager, and and he made mistakes, and he had. You know, he had uh, a lot of the real world. That's what I've always liked about Marvel over DC. Uh, DC, I've always, DC, I've always compared the heroes of DC to like the freaking Greek gods. They're mm-hmm. like epic in that scale, you know. Yeah. Whereas
0: Marvel, Wonder Woman is like yeah, literally a uh, uh, of yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Some of them literally. Uh, but then you have the Marvel heroes, which I I found always, and that's why Marvel is kind of my favorite. Is that um, I mean there are a few notable exceptions, but uh, Marvel is is my favorite by far because their heroes had human foibles. They had mm-hmm. uh, they had real world concerns uh, to deal with. Uh, I, I I especially love the episodes where or the issues I should say. Where Peter was like fighting a cold and going out and fighting crime at the same time, or he was uh trying to pay his rent you know all, yeah. or or just make dinner with his aunt you know it's so all those things I liked about Marvel, and uh it just kind of made it a little more
0: real to me, yeah, you know? there's an element of. There's an element of the rea- of reality in this fantasy world. Yes, which I, uh, for me, when you're t- when we're talking about like fantasy, you're talking about fandoms. I particularly I like like I love the Christian Bale Batman because it is gritty and because there's an element of like you can mm. you can hear struggle in it. You can yeah. hear his struggle. You can. There's more at stake than just like I have this obligation to protect the city. Like it's it's coming from real pain, yeah, and it's coming from this real, this real, um, this real place. And I like a lot of fantasy that's like rooted in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I think that the Civil War movie is probably the best Marvel movie thus far. Absolutely, I totally agree with because that. Because there is a lot of humanity and a lot of good, really good storytelling that we're that up until this movie, we like we've it's just it's it's been a good run for Marvel so far. Oh, yeah. In that particular like section of the franchise.
1: Right. Well and in, in what I love about it is, you know, there is a very de- in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe there is a definite growth and change to all these characters because, you know, the, the Tony Stark as he existed in Iron in the first Iron Man film or Iron Man Two. Would you imagine that Tony Stark being for the Sokovia Accords?
0: Yeah, exactly. I and, mean, no, and that's I it. Mean, and yeah. when I what, speaking of that, and that's actually a really good point that the when they when they made the first iron man i you know i as i often do I, I go on wikipedia i read all about it because i'm not a star i'm not a comic book person i've read a few but i'm not like that's not my thing like right. i like film and television and that's that's my thing so right. with with iron man you have and then he ends up becoming like you know the leader of, quote unquote of the avengers and all of this stuff and reading about it i'm just like the The guy that they, first of all, they got Robert Downey Jr. to play it, who at that time his career was starting to get better. Like shortly after that, he does Tropic Thunder. He gets, he starts getting roles. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. He gets more, he becomes a leading man again in such a way that people are not afraid to work with him. He's not as incendiary as it was before to, you know, to have him attached to a a picture of some sort. So now you have him playing Iron Man and uh, ostensibly uh, signing on to be this character for, you know, oh my God, like, better part of a decade. Right, yeah, yeah. And to see, like, what's what's awesome is that, you know, we, we're we living in, like, a very... We're living in a golden age of television that is telling... That's going to where film... That's going to the places that you used to be only able to go to in film. But right. they're able to tell these stories for much longer with the advent of streaming, like, a streaming original series, like, on Hulu, on Netflix. You're able to go to these places a lot. Um, you're able to have 13 episodes to really flesh out characters and to go the distance on all these things. But now what Marvel's done is that they've kind of elevated that to a much larger level. Oh, yeah. Where you have a defined character arc over the course of a decade, which is like the longest, for lack of a better analogy, it's like the longest con ever. Yeah, Is to yeah. see Playboy Tony Stark, who still has elements of that. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still the yeah. egotistical ass that he was in Iron Man 1 but he's he's matured. He's matured. And then you have the the you have the uh everything that went on in iron man 3 yeah. where he where they where he has a definite turn and he has the ptsd from mm-hmm. from uh from the battle of new york and then all everything after that he 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 has things to lose now and then with the absence of pepper pots in the in civil war like yeah. it's just he you has, see it yeah you see him thinking about those things because he was never a bad person no it's just like even after what happened to him in the desert in iron Mm -hmm. man one and and even the feel of it the feel of iron man one versus everything like all of them of the marvel movies now the feel is so different but um i really did enjoy um Civil War. I had such a good time watching it, and I. A lot of people were like, you know, oh, this, this summer is not. It wasn't the best for summer blockbusters because it was a lot of sequels. There wasn't like all these tentpole movies were a lot of sequels, but I thought that Civil War definitely stood out among. Oh like, yeah. It was better than Apocalypse. I thought. Yeah. 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 It, it. It definitely. I.
1: I haven't even seen Apocalypse yet. Yeah. Well,
0: I go to a red box pay a dollar for right, it. That's,
1: like, that's what I was figuring I yeah. I the I I really just w- wish that Fox would give up on the x-men movies and uh, and work out a deal like Sony did with with um, with, with Spider-Man. With Spider-Man. With Spider-Man. So, that, so what Spider-Man happened with that?
0: I mean, like, you're not... Uh, I understand that you're not a Sony... Yeah. You're not an insider. Uh,
1: yeah. I am <laughs> definitely not an insider on that. But I,
0: as a fan, like, what... So we had the Tobey Maguire movies, which, you know, I, I love Tobey Maguire as an actor. I love yeah. Tobey Maguire uh, ripped and swole, um, mm. you know, after getting some venom inside of him. <laughs> Uh, made me want to put my venom inside of him. Okay. Okay. All righty there. All righty I do declare. Um, uh, but I also, I didn't watch any of the Andrew Garfield ones. Okay. As much as I love Andrew Garfield. Um, I, I have a thing for Spider-Man, but I have a feeling that it would just be wrong to have it for Tom Holland because he's playing like a 16-year-old. Yeah, he is. He is so, a
1: 16-year-old. He's. Although, uh, Marissa T- I
0: was at like, Marissa Tomei. Although, this is the... <laughs>
1: uh marissa tomei is aunt may wow
0: marissa tomei as at like putting setting it up was it queens or the bronx or like yeah making them like new york like it's like oh mr mr star i'm like yes yeah yes yes, yes 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 uh what, what what were you um so the sony deal that they reached oh so the so what happened is um <sighs>
1: here's the history of the spider-man movies um so, basically, you know, what happened was is Now, Spider-Man... Let's go back to Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man okay. 3 was, of course, the movie with Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. And
0: Topher Grace is Venom. What the fuck? Topher Grace yeah. is
1: Venom. And um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name who played Sandman. So,
0: here's... Thomas a, Hayden Church. Thank
1: you very much. You're welcome.
0: I knew you would get that. I love Thomas Hayden Church. He's hilarious. Yeah.
1: Um, Now... From what I've read and understand, the Sam Raimi in Spider-Man 3, he just wanted Sandman. But the fans were clamoring for
0: Venom. For Venom, you have to have Venom. Every, the fans just wanted to see Venom. Even and, me, as like a cursory person, like one of my one of my best, my first white friend, I've mentioned him a few times. So Travis Brown, he was a huge Spider Man fan. He would he would we read the comics and everything. He had the action figures. That's how I like I know the history of it. Doctor Octopus, all that stuff. Venom. Like you have to have venom. You do. You gotta have venom. But you 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 gotta do it right. Oh, and true. That's, you can't have that's, you can't have the sniveling like twink Topher Grace as fucking venom. Like right. I was not no. Bored with you that, just
1: I can't do it. And that's that's where Spider Man Three went wrong. Okay. And
0: uh and it
1: wasn't Sam Raimi's decision. He was he was really kind of. Pushed into including Topher Grace in in Spider Man Three, or not Topher Grace, but Sandman uh, uh, Venom into Spider Man Three, and it ruined the the story because if you watch Spider Man Three and kind of just you know get up and go get a drink during all the Venom or Topher Grace scenes, and then come back for Sandman, it's a good movie.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: If you if you just forget about all the crap with, with Venom. It's a darn good movie, and it would have been a great movie. Uh, and, and then after Sam uh, Spider-Man 3 was was a disaster in the box office, uh, you know, the, the studio was like, oh, well, you gave us a crappy movie. And Sam Raimi's like, uh, yeah, you made me. And they're like, oh, well, you know, here's what we want for the next one. And Sam Raimi's like, I'm out. Yeah. And so, so then they decided to do a reboot with uh,
0: Andrew Garfield,
1: Andrew Garfield, and Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I I like Emma Stone. I, I liked I liked those two movies. I I didn't see the need for us to have another reboot. Of, yeah, I'm so Spider-Man. close, so close, and so it was, close, and it's like I could see where they were going. They were they want to get a little more gritty, but you know, Andrew Garfield Spider Man in in many. Scenes is is a lot closer to the Spider-Man from the comics.
0: Yeah, uh, he's a mouthy teen. Like. Yeah,
1: he was a mouthy teen. He put on the mask and he became somebody else, and 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 it and it worked in some cases. And then they had Spider-Man Two, or or The Amazing Spider-Man Two, which was uh, where they decided, oddly enough, to repeat all the mistakes that they did in Spider-Man Three. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're going to make it better. We're going to make a better quality boot. No, we're not. No, no, no. This is the same. It's the same thing. And so I think Sony, you know, so in, in unfortunately, you know, Marvel sold Spider the rights for Spider-Man to Sony back in the day when, you know, there was no Marvel Studios or any of that. And so consequently, um, they, they reached a point where they, they realized, you know, we we can't really make one. And I think Marvel really wanted to bring Spider-Man into the cinematic universe. And so Marvel came to him with a the deal. They said, here, let us take back creative control. You'll still retain, you know, these rights, the movie rights and all that. But let us put out the movies with Spider-Man that we want to put out.
0: And you'll get a cut.
1: And you'll get a cut, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, uh, considering how successful... Marvel Studios has been, Sony would have been total idiots to to pass that up. So yeah. I think that's how it worked. My own layman uh, <laughs> completely, removed completely removed from the whole thing. That's that's my opinion of
0: how how it happened. Okay. So um, is it worth for me to go back and watch the two Andrew Garfields or should I just continue?
1: Nope. nope. Okay. Nope.
0: I want to, because in my mind, Tobey Maguire will always be my Spider-Man. Yeah. He'll be a lot of things for me, but he'll definitely be Spider-Man. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'd rather keep my, my, uh, my vision of Andrew Garfield as like a serious actor uh, intact. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So
1: yeah, avoid the amazing Spider-Man films. Awesome. Um, do you know, I, I, uh, I attended filming for the first Spider-Man film. Uh, how how did you do that? Uh, well, at the time, I was I was married, and my wife's best friend worked for uh, Miramar Air Station, and she was she worked with the Enlisted uh, Activities Committee Coordinator okay, okay. thing uh,
0: to provide like recreation. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. So she was she worked in there like uh, the little bar slash pool hall whatever they had on base. But I guess at one point they were contacted. By Sony Studios, and they said, We need a bunch of people for uh, a a scene in the new Spider Man movie. Uh, Would you be able to provide us with people? And she's like, Yes. And so, um, and she reserved a spot for me. Oh, nice. And because it is very well known, well, I'm running around sporting a Spider Man tattoo. So, of course, you know, everybody kind of knows how I feel about Spider Man. Um, so yeah, she reserved a spot for me. I I got up one morning, so the and it was for the wrestling match scene. Okay, where uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah in the cage yeah in the cage where Spider Man goes up against Randy Mantra Man Savage, uh, and it was freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so they filmed. Now think about it that uh, the wrestling match scene. How, how long would you say that that took on in the movie
0: at, at least 10 minutes 10 okay. 15 minutes maybe it was at least three days of shooting oh my god
1: yeah three days of shooting that sucker uh and i was there for two of them uh the i was there for like the second day and or no i was there the yeah the second and third day i was there
0: so can, I, can we spot you in the background <clears throat> uh doubtful Dou- okay. i've tried
1: I've uh, you you have no many you you have no idea how many times I've tried to spot myself in in the crowd like there frame by
0: frame yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's like
0: okay this is this one's ultra high def all I should be able to see myself in this one nope nope so when it's released in 4K and you're <laughs> and yes. <clears throat> So uh, the last thing we'll talk about, and we'll end it on a really, really geeky note, okay. um, Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. So
0: I was telling Randy before we started that I actually just made my character and started a campaign with some buddies over the over this past weekend. One it's Labor of Day weekend. us. One of us.
1: Yes. <laughs> goobble, gobble,
0: <laughs> Um, And I... I have I have this thing about myself where I have like nerd holdouts. Like I don't I don't participate in certain activities because I know I would like it too much. Oh okay um, yeah. And I. That's just, why I
1: never play World of Warcraft.
0: It, World of Warcraft is one of them. Right? I never play World of Warcraft because I know I would like it too much. I have to maintain some cool. Right. Like like. I have to maintain some aspect of myself that is not complete. So, like, I like to say that, like, I'm I'm versed and I can speak the language. I'm not co- I'm conversational at best, but I'm not fluent. You're, right. Yes. I can move. I can move between the world. <laughs> so world of Warcraft is definitely one of them. Right. The Doctor Who is another one. Oh. I'm, okay. I am not a Whovian. I feel like I know enough that, like, I'm conversational in certain. You know things. what a
1: Tardis is.
0: I know what a Tardis is. I can make jokes about you know X Y Z or whatever. Wobble, wibbly wobbly wibbly timey wimey bullshit, yep. like you know, I, John John oh. bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, huh? No, you're, go ahead. You're a hoovian, aren't you? I am a hoovian as well. Yes. So and Reddit, I include Reddit in that. Okay. Uh, because I uh, my my thing is this is that if if Chris Hardwick participates in it, then I probably <laughs> it's probably nerdy <laughs> as fuck. So <laughs> it's a good. I so mean,
1: so Chris Hardwick is your measuring stick. Chris Hardwick of, is the measuring
0: stick. Of geek. Of, and I think, you know what, I think Chris Hardwick would appreciate that. I think um, he would. I've he told would. this story on the podcast, but I've met Chris Hardwick. Oh, and, awesome. And um, I I don't know if he remembers me, but I was the large Guamanian that kind of touched the small of his back in a very familiar way. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so... dungeons and dragons was on that list of like nerd holdout things right but then it's like you know what i'm just i've been so curious about it right i might as well fucking do it so i i a friend of mine he basically is like would you be interested in this and i'm like yeah sure i've kind of i almost uh joined a guild at one point or joined a guild a team a party right a party i want to use the right words ricky don't don't hit me i won't i won't no (laughs) um I, you know, I want to join a party, so I joined this party, and um, he sent me, like, the manual, like, a, a 200-page manual on PDF about, mm-hmm. like, okay, read up, and we'll make your character later. So we all met up, made our character. Uh, my character is a uh, a lightfoot halfling bard by the name of Alton Tealeaf Leaf. <laughs> um... <laughs> I love that. I and that's all I got. I mean, yeah. he he is definitely he's uh, uh one of the what one of the things that he is uh, he's uh he fleeced the wrong person and now he's on the run. Ah. is one of his Now uh, now
1: for your things. listeners, yes, who for you the may listeners. not be familiar with with Dungeons and Dragons, I know. And bards, shame on you. bards are yeah. If, shame on you, first of all, for not. Uh, bards are basically like minstrels. Yes. And they, they, their, their power comes from their creative uh, endeavors. So they, they, they use. They can do magic and things like that using their songs.
0: Using songs that like I think the the way it was written it was like, you know, it, for bards, words are literal magic. Yes. Like the, the the way they use the words and the way they spin the tail is like literal magic. Yeah. Uh, which I love. I love the idea of that I didn't want to be like s- like I didn't want to be a wizard. Apparently, there's a difference between wizard and sorcerer. There is. Um, there is the different. I didn't want to be a wizard. I didn't want to be a sorcerer. And, so um,
1: wizards, wizards get their magic by reading books and studying. Mm-hmm. Sorcerers, it's innate. It's. It, they're born. It, they're with born their, with it. They're born that way.
0: They're born. <laughs> Lady Gaga is a sorceress. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lady Gaga is
0: magical. La- really. Lady Gaga is magical. She's a magical sorceress. Yeah. Yes. um I didn't want to be a rogue. I like that. That does not. It, that doesn't make. It, yeah. Doesn't sound fun for me. No. Um, I didn't want to be a monk. Actually,
1: no. I, I, a bard sounds like the perfect type of character for you.
0: So, uh, so we just started, and like I, I'm already like, I want to like get a little notebook to put like my spells in because you know I want to know what I can and cannot do in that particular, that particular day we're playing in the campaign and all this stuff but it's like it's it's i feel it's going to be fun um, given my like proclivity for the theatrical art. Right. <laughs> i feel that i feel like i'm i'm well suited to it it's just i have to know as with any you know good performer you have to understand the character that right. you're playing yeah um i i plan on gaining a lot of inspiration points i just want to say that really. right now. Yeah. so what is your character and uh, do you still play
1: i i i Kind of play. I'm not playing D and D right now. I am playing a fantasy role playing game mm-hmm. um, with uh, some friends, and it's kind of a the system that we're using is kind of a, a homegrown uh, RPG system. But anyways, but it uses you know the. You playing all the Pathfinder? Usual... No. Okay. No. Uh, it's like I said. It's kind of a homebrewed. Uh, okay. Uh, but anyways, I, typically when I when I play, I do like playing uh, magic users, mm-hmm. uh, generally sorcerers. Uh, I, I, one of my favorite games that I ever played was with a, a, a friend that was, we were running a D&D had at one point this special kind of offshoot called Dark Sun. Okay. Which was, uh, basically think of it as a D&D set on Dune. Okay. Uh, so it, it, the 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 sun was a red dwarf. The planet was a desert, uh, and so but he had all the other the main races and all that in mm-hmm. there. But all in a did desert the
0: spice world. flow? The spice did flow. Yes. It must
1: flow. It must flow. And now the pumpkin spice must flow.
0: <laughs> uh, See, I've never read Dune. Know nothing about Dune, but I know the spice must flow is a thing, spice and, must Kyle flow. McLaughlin. Yes. and Kyle MacLachlan.
1: And Kyle MacLachlan is a thing as well. And uh, but, but uh, I I read the Dune books. Mm-hmm. Um, first few were
0: very good. <laughs> after that, oh. <laughs> the look on your face. Yeah. So th- so you played sorcerers.
1: I like playing sorcerers. Uh, I like. Uh, I I've always. Uh, my my characters generally I are. I I always found D and D to be something that I could use to vent my frustrations. Okay. With the world. Uh, so. You know, uh, I, I'm a nice guy. I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, but all my characters that I would play were were usually just the biggest jerks in the world, uh, and uh, they they just did not. I sometimes, you know. His teammates hated him because, or hated whatever character I was playing because he was just a jerk. And uh, except probably the only time it wasn't was when I played. Uh, there was this girl uh, in our group, and she and I played brothers, Hippolito and Vendice. And we we were we would talk like this. Hello. <laughs> And we would just, and I think I was a uh, rogue in that game, and we we, we were, like, abandoned half-elf brothers, and, and this was in the Dark Sun campaign, and we, would, we were unhappy and we wanted revenge, but we played this foppish characters too, you know, so they wouldn't see us coming. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was a foppish <laughs> half-elf rogue. Yes, I think oh. that's the next character I'm going to play. There you go, <laughs> a foppish.
1: <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. accent, yeah. Vitzahakson, yeah. Vitzahakson, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're, it's basically you're invoking um, uh, Jeffrey Rush's character from Mystery Men. Yes. Uh, oh my God, that's one of my favorite movies I ever. I love it. The When we saw it, when I saw it uh, growing up, it was, the theater was empty, like it was just yeah. my family. Yeah, And I'm like, why is no one else in here? This is a really awesome movie. How many lever switches in <laughs> toto? Flip it, flip it! Damn <laughs> it! Toggles! 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 Get up, get down and boogie! Get up, get down and boogie! And it's like hello champion city.
1: Oh my god, Daddy's home. <laughs> Daddy's home. And then when he's having like the, the conference with all the various other guys. Yes, dads,
0: it's like, And all the Oh my The not so good imob putting <laughs> the rhyme into crime. <laughs> 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 what is it it's like the, the blouses what is it the oh the there's uh, the lethal boys? hazing oh
1: yes for lethal hazing yes the 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 frat boys it's frat boys the uh there's the the gosh i
0: wish i could remember <laughs> the suzies the suzies yeah <laughs> which are basically like this gay asian like yes like heavily Nacusa made client. up gay <laughs> asians
1: the Gaijians.
0: Uh, the the Gaijans. it's this like Geishan Yakuza clan. Yeah, ah, uh, goodness, it, uh, it, it's such a good movie. It I, is uh, Mr. Furious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Most ridiculous, and of course it had Janine Garofalo.
0: Who, it had Janine Garofalo as the bowler,
1: her. as the bowler.
0: I, yeah. I mean, like if you—that's exactly what I picture. Like if I was ever to be a superhero, it'd be along the lines of like a mystery man, where it's like the y- yeah a bowler or the blue rajah, the blue, the blue or the rajah. shoveler. I'd Ma- be the master, shoveler, master of silverware, <laughs> master of <Superwap>. yeah. <laughs> I love. I, love I say what the fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going off the rails a little bit because it is not every day that I meet someone that I can like quote Mystery Men to. Right, and that is how I like husband. If you're out there, you know Mystery Men quotes because I love that movie, and you know it's one of those things. Or do I eat this egg salad?
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, the spleen, the spleen.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: there is not enough alcohol in the world. She I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. She It's, it's not going to happen. She decreed <laughs> that, I, that if I snuck I smelt it I smelt it. It, I, I, would I would forever be, be the, the one, one who dealt it. it. Or Kel Mitchell as the invisible boy. Boy, yes. Don't look at him, it's not gonna work. <laughs> Don't look at him. So
1: and it, it doesn't work if he looks at himself, too. No, it so, doesn't work. So he just has to... Uh, okay, maybe you might want to put on your pants before saving the city?
0: Yeah, no, yeah. just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, um, and you're wearing a Flossed in Paradise t-shirt. Yes, I
1: wore this in honor of you. For this, I fucking love
0: that. Oh, my God. Because I
1: still remember, you know, at one of the mending rehearsals, yeah. we just... Flossed Paradise. Yeah, we, we sat there and bonded over... Over uh, the Fifth Element. Fifth Element.
0: Lost in Paradise. Mm-hmm. I have a Super f- green! I have a Funko Pop of the Diva. Of, oh yeah. Of the Diva Plot. Oh, I remember when you posted that on Facebook. I yeah. was like, "She watches over me." The stones. I in it's, me. Are in me. <laughs> Come on, <my laughs> baby. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> and then was... you have Chris Tucker, who is just like, you know, I, 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 you know, to kind of wrap it all up. I think that R- flaw, the Fifth Element, is a lot like Rex Riveter. Yes, it- <laughs> stay with me. Okay, C- come, with I'm me. With, I'm... come with me. Come with Greg- me. Come with me. and you'll see. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot! Oh, oh Too soon. Oh, uh, Sammy too Davis soon. Jr. Oh. You know, the Candyman. Yeah. Candy man. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like. Rex Riveter is very similar to Fifth Element in a lot of ways, where you know you have those kinds of campy humor, yes. But then there's like a really like you know the world's gonna fucking end like we unless we do something. There's yeah. like that action adventure aspect to it, so it has its serious moments, but it also has its it has its serious moments, but the, it also has its fun. The
1: funny, yes, exactly. I- yeah. And you know I see who it.
0: I, I uh, Jenny Rex Riveter is, you know, uh bears a very striking resemblance to uh, Corbin Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whether or not that makes Jenny Lelou Dallas multipass, uh Right. <laughs> multipass. Multipass. Um uh, Yeah, it
1: probably does. You know. Here's yeah. You know.
0: Thanks then, for humouring me. Yeah. No, I. Greg I, is listening to this. Like, what the fuck? Joe? <laughs> 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 what the fuck? <laughs> come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. What the fuck? Are Greg
1: there... sounds nothing like that. No, uh,
0: I, I just did my angry white man voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that works.
1: I could do. No. no. It's, <laughs> so it's my dad making an appearance again.
0: Yeah. In in know. in um in summation in it's because you know all good things must come to an end. Yes. yes. Uh, sadly, you know we uh what's something that you would like to share with the listeners uh something that's there something that you want to plug other than like rex riveter uh, uh. is because <laughs> we've been plugging it the, this whole time is there something that's going on in the city that you want them to to know about uh performances coming up I, is there bits of wisdom that you want to give them or something uh, of your geekdom that you think <laughs> everybody should know
1: um I don't. I don't have anything uh, coming up. Uh, I I do have a show that I've already been cast in that will be opening in January. Okay. So, so yeah, nothing do nothing more recent than that to plug. Um, probably, uh, the the only thing I would like to say in closing is, be awesome to each
0: other. Yeah. That. Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Be, so, be awesome. Just Be awesome to each just other. Just be awesome to each other. I can't think of a fitting, more fitting way to end it. So. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you. This has I've been Randy Cool on the Untitled Friendship Project. Randy, say goodbye to the listeners.
1: Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it.